Hi, I'm Robin. I'm Luca. And I'm Pablo. And we're the Wolf. And this is the Blues Podcast. <laughs> Hello, I'm Big Boy Bloater, and uh, as, as the guy said, you are tuned in to the Blues Podcast. Uh, guys, thank you so much for joining me today. It's a real pleasure to have a chat with you. It's, I'm very excited yeah. about this. Um, what? I always like to start off with, uh, with, with some sort of history of the band and all that, and um, I, I'm fairly familiar with you guys. I've been playing quite a lot on my radio show on, on Feedback Radio and all that. I'm loving the sound, loving the new album, looking forward to playing that a lot for when it comes out. Um, mm. Obviously, I'm quite familiar with what you're playing, but I wanted to have a little catch-up this morning, just familiarise myself with uh, with what you guys are doing. So I went onto YouTube, I typed in D-Wolf, uh, and I spelled it completely wrong, and I got some really weird uh, <laughs> kind of music. I didn't realise at the time, oh. I thought, have the guys really changed their sound? What's going on? What's going on? So what what, what I'm getting at really is, is I want to know where the name came from and, and, and the spelling of it, because uh, that's not the spelling I was expecting, and I put it into YouTube all wrong and all that. So let's start off with uh, D Wolf. Where did the yeah. name come from? Well, that's a long time back. I think 30, 13 years ago we started, uh, and we wanted to have a cool name, but we didn't have any idea what what to choose. It's a very cool name. We were, I like it, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but we were all big fans of the movie Pulp Fiction, and there's this uh, ah. character, Mr. Wolf. Yeah. And we thought, ah, oh, that sounds cool. Uh, let's uh, make it The Wolf, but spell it a little bit differently you know like a cadillac deville or something yeah so uh yeah. well doesn't really have a meaning or something <laughs> it's just because we thought it, it looked cool and it sounded cool but i i i think you you typed in the wolf on youtube i, like I typed in i typed in d wolf but i put uh, an e on the end instead of the double f so it was d wolf and it came up with some sort of, oh, I can't remember what it was. It was just weird. It was weird. It wasn't you guys. And I was slightly <laughs> freaked out and worried for a second. I thought, oh my God, I've got the whole thing wrong. What, what am I going to do? But no, it turned out okay. Oh, I'm really curious what you found. Look you at it. Look type it in D-Wolf. No, be, no. All, be, all one that word. That turns our pretty cool band name into a really shitty band name. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was something from the 1970s, I think. It was, uh, it was uh, just a bit... Uh, weird i thought i'd taken something uh hallucinogenic or something i don't know it was, it was very strange anyway but okay. um so yeah I, I like i like the uh, i do like the name do you, have you guys ever run into the problem of people misspelling it before like on on festival posters and stuff like that does that get you down or oh lots of times um we usually what happens is people put a space in between the e and the w they they especially in holland because uh your uh t-h-e yeah. Uh, in our language, it's D-E. You know, that's the yeah. word for the, the thing or the whatever yeah. or the wolf. That's what people think. So they put D-E space wolf or they uh, just um, they put it together D-E-W, but they 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 don't uh, put the W in capital right. letters. And the then wolf. it looks kind of weird, yeah. too. Or they use one F. We've come across some strange things. I think we also saw the wolfy. Or something like that, you know. Yeah, <laughs> that's, 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 that's how you spelled it, right? That's yeah, what I put in this morning. I think, yeah, 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 with an e on the end rather than a second f. So yeah, uh, that's so stupid. <laughs> I know, I know. This is what my teacher told me, but I didn't listen, and here I am now. You know, so, oh, yeah, should have listened more at school, but 
Uh, I, I always wondered what uh, what English speaking people uh, what's what's the first thing uh, that pops into their head when they see our band name? Is it like a nut wolf, so a D wolves, something that hasn't wolf in it, or what? <laughs> what do you think it means when you see our band name? Um, no, I, that that never occurred to me at all, but now it does completely. Yeah, now you've put that in my head. It's like it's like you've de-wolfed yourselves. I don't know. You're too hairy yeah, to be de-wolfed. Uh, you, 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 yeah. And when we you break need... up and do a reunion tour, we're going to call ourselves Rewolf. <laughs> Rewolf. <laughs> yeah. Love it. Unwolfed. That's almost worth and just I splitting see up for. Opportunity right? for a female cover band. Uh, go, it, that's that's really why on. we picked this band name because it provides lots of opportunities for cool spin-offs <laughs> yeah i like it i like it um i mean being myself being called big boy bloater i've been uh i've fallen foul of the uh, the the festival poster many times i've had many wrong spellings and all that so i do sympathize but none of my none of my wrong spelt names were as as good as as good as yours so I, i'm quite jealous what, what do you do you play do you play like guitar i do i apparently yeah i play a little bit yeah i play a bit of guitar and do a bit of singing and and, and uh okay a bit of wheeling cool. and dealing a bit check, of ducking and diving and, and why are you called big boy bloat is it because you're a big boy uh well you'll have to come over here and find out won't you <laughs> <laughs> you know what bloat means in dutch I'm. Th I feel like I'm going to find out right now. Tell me. Naked. Hey. Well, I'm, I'm happy about that. That's better than <laughs> what it means in naked. English. So there you go. Yeah. <laughs> but you spell it slightly different. It's B L O O T. Okay. Yeah. I th Do you know what? I think I've had it spelt on a poster like that before. Actually, probably in Holland. So yeah. That's, <laughs> yeah. They're probably th thinking so it's going to be some sort of stripper or something. Show, yeah. They were yeah. disappointed. Oh. seeing you dressed up <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah oh that brings tears to the eyes i'm gonna move on i'm gonna move on let's um let's talk a little bit about how you got together because um so it's quite interesting uh, two of your brothers right it wouldn't be one of your brothers but two of your brothers let's uh let me know who are the who are the brothers luca and, and pablo luca and pablo so obviously you guys knew each other from from the family right and uh growing up yeah, the moment i saw luca for the first time was a very <laughs> awkward situation what, really was it uh, was it not a pleasant situation it was uh, it was awkward he was <laughs> literally coming out of my mother when i first <laughs> saw him <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> luca how did you feel about that do you remember that <laughs> i can't remember no <laughs> <laughs> uh let's let's fast forward a little bit now i don't think we need any more visions of of, of that for the moment thank you uh how did you guys start playing were your your parents like keen to get you into playing instruments or is it something that came from you and you just said mom buy us instruments buy us drums buy us guitars what, what happened how did it come about well um my father and pablo's father uh he always um listened a lot to music <laughs> and uh he also uh, sung in a in a cover band um so he uh many times he brought us uh brought us with him to rehearsals and stuff and there was you know music playing 24 hours a day uh at home so uh uh i think pablo was nine when he started playing guitar and i was 10 years old when i started playing drums and uh Oh yeah, I was eight years old. Yeah, that's true. 
Um, uh, yeah, but it was mainly because you know we were listening to music uh, all the time, and it really inspired us to to pick up an instrument and become part of the music. You know, to play play music. What what kind of music were you listening to back then? I was a big time Metallica fan when I was uh, from when I was seven years old until I think ten years old, and that was the whole reason I wanted to play guitar. I wanted to I wanted to be uh, a Kirk Hammett and uh, and play like the wow 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 stuff. Yeah. And then it was a big disappointment at first when I got my first guitar. I actually saved up to buy my first guitar myself, and when I got it, I had to take guitar lessons, and um, I had to read music, and I didn't I didn't understand what it was for. I just wanted to play Master yeah. of Puppets, and then it was a big disappointment that. It was really hard to play that stuff. It was impossible for me then. So then I kind of gave up on the guitar until I was, I think, about 10 and discovered Nirvana. And that was kind of the, the uh, a, a better way to learn to play some chords and, and songs, stuff like that. Yeah. I, I completely sympathize with you, actually, there, because it was the same thing for me. I really wanted to play guitar. My parents got me a guitar, and it was uh, like a nylon string classical guitar, you know? And it's like... This is not what I wanted. I wanted to make noise, and <laughs> I actually ended up like rigging up a pickup for it and playing, plugging it into the, my dad's hi-fi and cranking it right up so it distorted a little bit and kind of trying to get the sound, but you know it didn't. Yeah, but, the Willie uh, Nelson sound. <laughs> yeah, it was horrible. Yeah, it was, it was horrible. the same with the, with the, with with the drums. Uh, I wanted to 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 play drums, uh, but first I had to take snare drum lessons. Oh. So I took one and a half years of snare drum lessons and then I got so sick and tired of it and I smashed through the book, you know, with my drumstick, like, ah! just pure frustration. And then uh, uh, I actually quit, like, for six months, I think. But then my parents bought me a, a, a real drum kit when I was 10 years old. And from then on, I, I started practicing more because, you know, that was the fun part you yep. know playing drums being able to play fills i was listening to uh, uh mike portnoy and thomas lang and you know uh, uh but that are not my uh my big inspirations anymore <laughs> but these were guys that were just you know playing drums so yeah. uh that's what i wanted and then uh, a couple of years later i start i started discovering guys like mitch mitchell from uh yeah. jimmy hendrix experience yep i started watching videos of Buddy Rich playing drum solos in the in the 1950s and 60s. And I started watching John Bonham from Led Zeppelin. And then when I was like 12 years old, those were my biggest inspirations. What what, what was it that made it about those instruments that made you want to play? I mean, guitar and drums, what made, was it that made you want to pick those up? I mean, was it, uh, I don't know. I mean, drums, I always think, oh, you've got so many cases to carry and things to unload and all that. I mean, that's, that's the first thing I thought about. I'll be a guitarist, even better a singer. But, you know, um, was it like the, the drummers get all the girls? What, which, what was it that made you want to play the drums and the guitar, respectively? Whew. I've, actually, I have no idea why I wanted to play drums. I think maybe I wanted to play guitar, but Pablo already was playing guitar. So I was like, okay, what's next? Um... Maybe drums. You don't um, want to go to bass. So, then. you know, was... we could at least play together on, in, uh, uh, you know, me playing the drums, Pablo guitar. Uh, but I, I'm not sure. There was not like one moment I can remember that I was like, okay, now I want to I wanna play the drums. Uh, maybe that was different for you, Pablo? Yeah, I always, 
I always wanted to play guitar since I can remember, I think. There's a actually a picture of me and Luca. Luca on a on this toy drum set and me on a toy guitar just banging away when we were uh, like really young. Like before in ninety seven this was. Anyway, I always you know, when I heard Metallica and, and before that our dad used to play a lot of uh music like Pearl Jam and okay. when I heard guitar and guitar solos and the noise it can produce i was like oh man that's what i want to do uh, let's uh yeah let's move on over to uh to robin yes we got robin here hey. as well. uh, yeah hello robin how you doing hey i'm great finally your time has come yeah <laughs> so uh let's 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 how did you get into play i mean you play keyboards right you play hammond uh how, how did that all start uh well in primary school i actually started with the recorder uh, uh, like the flute thing, because all, all my fr friends were playing that. And um, I did that a year, and then I uh, got to choose between piano and guitar. My parents sent me to a music school, and I chose the guitar because I thought, yeah, you can take that anywhere. Yeah. So then I had some guitar lessons, um, and then I, I bought a keyboard from a friend, and I started playing uh, keyboard without having any lessons and then my parents thought May oh maybe you want to play uh, piano have piano lessons so they bought a piano for me and I took some classical piano lessons because that was the only uh, kind of piano music that they uh, taught at that music school um, and then uh, when, I, oh, when I was still playing guitar uh, I joined the uh, band that accompanied uh, a youth choir and that's actually when I met Pablo, because he was playing uh, electric guitar in that uh, band. Ah, okay. um, and I joined with my uh, <laughs> acoustic nylon <laughs> guitar that you <laughs> yeah. about. And uh, I remember Pablo thinking uh, that I was uh, kind of a douche, douche <laughs> with, with, with that classical acoustic guitar. And I, I, I couldn't play that instrument in that band because it was, uh, you know, the band was way too loud. And so I started playing bass guitar in that um, band. And yeah, and then I, I got those piano lessons and then finally uh, the parents of Pablo and Luca, they uh, dug a basement in their garden as a rehearsal room for, um, for them. And that's when they asked me to join them and uh, maybe start a band. And then I thought I can't play piano in a band because that's not cool because <laughs> piano is like Bach and Mozart. Uh, but then I saw this uh, guy playing a key instrument on stage that sounded really cool and had an amplifier with uh, spinning speakers, which is the Leslie amplifier, the famous Leslie amplifier that goes with a Hammond organ. And that's what I thought, that's what I have to play in a band because that's really cool. Um, so that's how I started playing the Hammond. Yeah. So are, are you using a real Hammond on the, on the road these days? Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty heavy. <laughs> yeah, you guys are still quite young, aren't you? You you are okay. You can still lift things. You've got you haven't got yeah, bad backs true. yet, right? It won't be long. <laughs> well, <laughs> we, we we've had some some uh, strained backs uh, on tour, mm -hmm. but uh, luckily we can afford uh, someone that uh, helps us with lifting stuff. Uh, kind of a roadie. He he goes you, along a kind of a roadie. Him. You mean you have a no? He friend. is a roadie, but he's 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 more of a. Uh, Fluffer, yeah. <laughs> no, he, he he tunes the guitars uh, and drives, and uh, yeah, 
he does every he's yeah he does everything that we want he sounds like a good guy can i have his number can i yeah (laughs) yeah yeah i need a guy like that yeah he's 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 a really a great guy uh a really nice guy also shout out to the roadie guy what's his name shout out to marty what a guy (laughs) he's like a party but with an m all right yeah. marty <laughs> on the on the subject of touring let's talk about that a little bit because obviously um the the last year well 2020 that we've had not much touring's been going on uh how's that worked out for you guys is, is it been something you've been able to sort of uh go well look okay we can't go touring so we're going to write or record or have you just kind of like sat in the corner crying and, and going, oh, I want to play gigs. <laughs> I think we did both. So <laughs> we were on tour when uh, everything happened. We were, we played one show in uh, Czech Republic. And after that, we had a, we were supposed to have a show in Austria. Uh, and on the way there, uh, you know, we followed the news and our booking agency called us and you know, like they canceled the show. So then we went to Hungary because we were supposed to have a show there. And then the day after when we had supposed to have the show also in the afternoon, uh, they called us. Yeah, it's not it's not going to happen. So I think we were on tour for seven days, but we only played the first day. And then we just went back to Holland Um and we cried in the corner (laughs) (laughs) but then uh really soon uh we started uh uh, writing and making an album uh, because you know that's the only thing that you can do as a musician when uh, a whole event um business is is on the on the rocks yeah gone (laughs) gone to shit as we say yeah Yeah. gone gone to shit is 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 the the, the official term i think yeah for the music business uh so yeah the the new album has that been like written and recorded in in you know during the lockdown following all the rules are you wearing masks for for the for the cover <laughs> yeah that's why it's called <laughs> <laughs> no that's why you can't hear me my words yeah no we started um for, at first we started writing some songs on zoom meetings actually so pablo had this demo uh, he had some ideas for a song and we would meet on zoom and discuss okay what 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 should be the lyrics what should be the chords you know etc and then a couple of days later paulo and me would meet up in the studio to record the basic tracks and then we digitalized it and sent it to robin and he did his keyboard parts at his home and then we put everything together so it was a really new and weird way of writing and recording we started coming together with the three of us in the studio started writing songs and recording together and that was uh yeah so we did all kinds of different approaches to uh writing and recording in these uh lockdown in this lockdown period definitely weird and strange is it do you think it's ever something that um in the future once the world is back to normal if it if that ever happens uh do you think mm. it's everything you, you would try again and go do you know what we did that once let's try it again see if it just uh, or do you think no i don't never want to do it again if i don't have to mm. well <laughs> i'd rather just you know be or here just don't in care. the studio with the three of us you know that's the that that then in that case you're just making music with the three with three guys in one room making music you know and it feels weird to discuss songwriting through a zoom meeting you know it doesn't yeah. feel right it's just not Wait, natural you guys are, are, you know i've heard that you love to jam a lot and you mm-hmm. possibly known as a bit of a jam band so how does that even translate to like discussing songs beforehand on zoom i mean surely you just want to get in the in in the room together 
turn it up loud and play play your asses off, right? I mean, uh-huh. having a business meeting on Zoom about it, that that, that sounds like <laughs> it wouldn't work. But. Yeah, it's really weird. But, you know, on the other hand, we, we a couple of years ago, we started learning how to write good songs. And, you know, a good song can be written on a Zoom meeting, I think. You know, it's... Um, I mean, if a if a good song can be written in a van, while while you're hungover, you can also write a song in a Zoom meeting together. But I would say hungover in a van that that emotes lots of feelings, not lots of negative feelings, lots of positive feelings. I mean, Zoom meetings are just like flat and horrible, aren't they? It's just like no feelings whatsoever. It's just horrible. Well, I think what you're talking about is uh, romance. There's no romance to a Zoom meeting. There is romance to sitting in a van hungover. But, you know, we've all yeah. been there hungover yeah. in a van. In reality, there's not a lot of romance to that either. I, I guess not. <laughs> but uh, there is the the, the mysticism. For, for, for people who haven't done it, it does sound very romantic. You're right. Whereas Zoom meetings, everybody knows, it's just a bunch of crap in it. So, uh, yeah. We yeah. only wrote one song in a Zoom meeting, I think. Yeah. What was it and, called? Um, is, is it called My Connections Shit? Oh, sorry, I can't hear you. <laughs> is my microphone on? <laughs> uh, it's called Yes You Do. Uh, speaking of, yeah, carry on with the touring thing. Uh, you did uh, you did a few shows, uh, crowdless shows, right? Over, over uh, live streams and stuff. Again, so, sort of uh, Zoom of gigs, right? Well, yeah, we did one. Okay. Like on, on the way back home from the tour that didn't happen... Uh, we stopped at this venue in the south of the Netherlands and they asked us if we wanted to do this uh, live stream show. And we were kind of, we were actually at that moment having like a conversation. Uh, we were thinking like maybe we should record something in the studio that people can, can watch live. And then this request came from this venue and we were like, oh, well, let's do it like that because they have cameras and yeah. they have the, the means to do this. And uh then we thought it would be nice if like a couple of thousand if like a thousand or two thousand people see this show and it was in the end it was uh it was viewed by i think forty eight thousand uh wow. people yeah so that was really crazy and then in the months after that i think we only did two streaming shows in total in the whole pandemic period um and we were very lucky to uh be able to play a bunch of uh, real shows with uh, with an audience because we did like five shows in a venue here in Utrecht when the measurements when the restrictions weren't as bad and there were I think 400 people at these shows or 250 or 300 and then something really cool also happened we got this request from uh, this uh, very renowned uh, orchestra here in, in the Netherlands they asked us if we wanted to play a, a bunch of shows at this super super beautiful theater in Amsterdam together with this 50 headed orchestra so we were like oh yeah that's pretty cool and then we did four shows like that in front of 500 so four times 500 so that was pretty cool and uh, for the rest um, we released three albums uh, in 2020 so We've been uh, we've been quite keeping ourselves quite busy. That's pre that's pretty good going, right? You know, for for being locked down and that three albums in in a year of a, a, a huge pandemic, that's that's pretty good going. I mean, 
you'll have to ghost them to really to, to do any more than that are you are you really happy with the three albums were they everything you expected them for would it have been slightly different if if the lockdown things hadn't happened well two of the three were totally unexpected like at the start of 2020 if you would have told me we were going to make two other albums than the Tascam tapes in 2020 i would have said uh, I would have looked at the schedule and be like, "No, that's not possible, dude. We have too much, too many shows to make two albums." So w there was no expectation. <laughs> Aside from that, I think they uh, they topped our expectations. Let's talk a little bit about the uh, the Tascam tapes uh, that, that album. I mean, that's uh, quite a unique idea, isn't it? How did that come about? There was a big, big European tour planned at the end of 2018 already. Um, and right before the tour started, Pablo came up with, with this idea to record an album on tour in the van, you know, in backstages, yeah. in hotel rooms. We were like, oh yeah, that sounds pretty cool, but how are we going to do that? And then he, uh, came, came up with this, uh, old Tascam cassette tape recorder, uh, which was, which is a portable thing. So we could, you know, bring it everywhere. And, uh, um, yeah, we could plug the guitar straight into that Tascam tape recorder. And I had this little device with drum samples on it. And I started, you know, just a couple of days before the tour, I started uh, sampling uh, drum beats from old records, you know, old soul and funk records. And Robin had this uh, little portable synthesizer, uh, which he could, you know, uh, play in the van and we'd you know, had power from the, from the, from the battery, from the van. Yeah. And we just started playing songs, you know, grooving. And, uh, yeah, that's how that, how that idea. Yeah. We had like, we had two, uh, speakers, uh, we put them under the seats. So the only way to like properly kind of hear what we were doing was by turning them up super loud. So we had these two speakers under the seats and we were just jamming away and we had no idea if it actually sounded good or what the fidelity of what we were doing was uh, and it was fun it was really um, raw you guys raw. you guys make it sound like fun but you know when i started out that is that is all there was that's all i had i had one of those little Tascam port studio things and uh yeah. four tracks that's all you could record you you know you bounce start to bounce stuff but the, the quality starts to go and it just there's a load of hiss and it's, it's rubbish yeah and, I couldn't wait to get a proper, you know, once digital recording came out, I thought, oh, this is fantastic. Uh, I, <laughs> I, I don't quite we understand. the other way around. I, I see recording on the road. That, yeah, I, I get that. That's that's a, a nice idea and would certainly add a, a, a different flavor to the, the album. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was a lot of fun to do. It was also really intense because, you know, there is, of course, a lot of spare time when you're on tour. A lot of hours you're just sitting in the van, doing nothing, reading a book, sleeping, yeah. being hung over and now all this time was put into you know writing and recording a new album so it was just you know constantly we were on this high level of creativity and then in the evenings we would play shows and then the next day we stepped into the van and you know plugged in the guitar and the, and the, and the synthesizer and we started playing again yeah so, see, uh, I think a lot of people's idea of being in a band on the road is it's it's all it's all hookers and, and cocaine, isn't it? And that's what they think <laughs> it is. Party time, party time. But there's the reality of it. I'm glad someone sort of pointed out the reality. Of, the reality is being in a van 
recording an album onto a horrible little Tascam cassette machine. I mean, you guys, you're flying the flag for reality in music, I think. That's, uh, <laughs> yeah. that's great. Actually, there's, uh, talking about reality, there's, uh, there's a documentary about this tour when, we're record when we were recording this album. And it's on YouTube, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, we filmed it ourselves. Or uh, shout out to Marty again. He filmed a lot Yay, of that footage. Yeah, uh, so it's it's really you can see how we made the the record in the van. I actually got the food poisoning on tour. We had to cancel a show, uh, <laughs> and it's also it's all in there. And it, yeah, it's just. It's it's very uh, physically tiring uh, to be on tour, and especially when you're also making a, an album in all the free time that you have. Yeah, uh, but it was uh, it was an amazing uh, experience and adventure. I, I've actually had food poisoning on tour twice, two times. Who hasn't? <laughs> I, I, I actually threw up on stage whilst singing. That was really uh, yeah. <laughs> but even even worse than that, with the band we were playing, we all got food poisoning uh, at the same time. We'd had we'd been out to a sandwich shop, a Subway, and uh, oh yeah, eat fresh, right? Yeah, and uh, we we'd got these subs, and we got food poisoning. Like twenty minutes before we went on, we were like fighting over who could use the toilet. You know, it was, like, <laughs> it was both ends were going at once. You know, kind of, and I I, I did a, I did a bit of a sick up on stage. And I looked round to the keyboard player, and he just he looked at me. He was playing like that, and he went, "I've <laughs> shit myself." And it was uh, just one of the most oh, wow. wonderful memories uh, in my whole life. I got a good song out of it, though, so I was it was all right. But it's a silver lining to everything. But I think yeah, everyone should try uh, food poisoning on the road. It's a, it's a great. It should be part of yeah. uh, any music academy's. Uh, syllabus i think yeah and since you're on the road and usually in a hurry because you have to drive a certain distance uh, there's no um there's no time to stop so everybody is in the middle of your food poisoning yeah like when robin had to you know uh throw up his uh intestines he did so in a in a in a bag and we were all around him going like oh are you all right robin are you oh my god it stinks ah. <laughs> it's it's better than what luca once did in spain he was really hung over and then in the morning when we started driving he was sitting in the middle seat and uh, he was trying to sleep i think and then uh, in between the driver and the, and the oh guy no. next to the driver and then we had to clean the whole van because it yeah. smelled of puke <laughs> Oh, nice. We had a long yeah. journey back then. <laughs> oh. Yeah, absolutely. Um, just going back to the, the the Zoom meeting writing and all that kind of thing. When you guys are writing songs... <laughs> it's intriguing, right? When, when you guys are writing songs and all that, is it, uh, is it a complete total collaboration or is it uh, one of you guys sort of comes up with the meat of the idea and then it's just put together and a few bits are added in by the other guys. I mean, is there one real solid songwriter and the rest are kind of hanging on? Are you all generally put in as much as each other? Um, uh, some of the songs I write at home, like kind of, I mean, the, the lyrics and the melody and the chords kind of. That's all of it, right? The lyrics and the melody and the chords. There's nothing, there's nothing else, is it? Yeah, but I mean, like, I don't, I don't come up with like a drum pattern or a or a bass pattern or a Hammond pattern or whatever. It's just like the 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 meat and bones of the song. And some songs are just like half finished ideas that we work out with the three of us. And some songs just start yeah from jams, like right. a song like Treasure City Moonchild, just came out of of a jam and went really quickly. Uh, and 
and there's some other songs like that. There's like I think there's one third of all our songs are are being written in in one of these three ways. I think. Robin. Yeah, it's it's diff it's different in every album. For example, this album uh, th we couldn't meet up that much yeah. because of the virus. So that's why a lot of the stuff came uh, from Pablo. Um, but other albums like uh, Ruga Roo or Thrust, it was uh, you know everything. Descam tapes. It was the three of us. When something was uh, written, it, we were all there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, you have to be when you're in a van together, don't you? So that's uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, true. There's no choice <laughs> unless you puke a lot, and then you have to uh, sit in the back with all the instruments. The seat of shame, is it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, just again, going back to something you said earlier. You said a phrase earlier that I really, I really liked. I guess it's just uh, a, a, a translation language thing. But um, I wanted to ask you about collaborations if you've got any ideas of stuff coming up I mean, you already said earlier that you 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 worked with a, a 50 headed orchestra i think you said is that right yeah <laughs> i never heard that it said that way before but i really like that a 50 headed orchestra 50 -headed. makes me think of yeah i saw i saw you laughing when he yeah. said that that's yeah. what i thought oh maybe it's not an english thing to say but that's how we say it in dutch like yeah it's literally translated but maybe you 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 had this Medusa kind of image in your head, like a fifty-headed orchestra, just <laughs> instruments and arms and it, it, this beast kind of like you know playing and it's, uh, yeah, I really like the sound of it. It's uh, it's again, it's another idea for an album, I think, really. But um, it's a very rare animal that roams the plains of the Netherlands. Yeah, yeah. What do you have to do? Chop if you chop one head off, does it grow back again or something? Is it? Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. On pops. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm. I'm actually. Uh, I'm living in France now. I've just moved to France, so I'm very aware that, that, that you can translate stuff, but it doesn't always translate exactly. So I really like that fifty-headed orchestra. In in the UK, they would say fifty-piece orchestra, I guess. But uh, yeah, uh, fifty-headed uh, is better. But then it's in fifty pieces. As it, not not as in the coin. Not, not as no. As, uh, <laughs> oh, it's all getting very complicated now. So if if there was ten. You'd say a ten-piece orchestra, or uh, yeah, you know, yeah, but um, yeah, ten-piece orchestra. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah. Not, but I prefer ten-headed. That's much better. That is much better. Better, so, yeah. I love that. We're a three-headed band. Yeah. <laughs> three-headed three band. Yeah. Talking about collaborations, any any things coming up you guys are doing, or is there any is there anything you think? Oh, you know, well, you well know, we really. We did some cool collaborations on, on the the album that uh, that's going to be released. Uh, so because of the pandemic, a lot of uh, musicians that we know from around the world they they couldn't play shows, so so they had a lot of free time, and we were uh, already recording uh, at a at a distance from each other. So it was really easy for us to uh, contact Ian Perez, for example. He's the former bass player of Wolfmother. We met him once in Australia and we had a really nice uh, uh, connection and, and we jammed. Um, and we always wanted to play with him and this was kind of a way of doing that. And so he uh, played bass on Yes You Do. Uh, he played bass on another track. This Land. This Land, but... It, uh, so and we also did a collaboration with a French um, singer-songwriter called Theo Lawrence. We were, we were a really big fan of him, and uh, also Luther Dickinson, uh, the Ooh, former yeah. guitar player of the Black Crows. Um, he, he yeah he played in a, uh, on a song 
that didn't make the album, unfortunately. <laughs> but it wasn't because of him. Was Have you told him, him that yet? <laughs> yeah, he knows. Okay. Or not? He's still talking know. to you. Maybe now he knows. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I reckon. Um, yeah, I was going to say, because uh, you guys are a trio, uh, a fairly unconventional lineup of, of, of drums, guitar, and, and Hammond. No bass guitar. So is there any any uh, any plans in, in the future to expand the band? Maybe add a bass player or, uh, or, or bagpipes or something? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, like a four-headed four -headed band. Yeah. Uh, no, that's impossible. There's only three-headed exists or 50-headed. No, uh, we we did some shows with the bass players before, like because um, because on the album uh, we have lots of bass guitar, like Pablo dubs the bass guitar, or we have some friends playing bass uh, guitar for us. But live, it's it's always the three of us, and sometimes we we tried using a, a bass guitar player, but the the whole dynamic on stage is kind of uh, changes. It, it's 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 cool and fun for for one or two times. Um, as a special occasion but it kind of takes away the flexibility uh, that yeah. we have with the three of us we've been playing for 13 years and and you can feel that on stage uh, and i think the audience also feels that it's like a strong construction like the the, the power triangle of the three of us yeah. um so i i don't think we'll ever change that what did you say uh, lately uh, a triangle is a, is it stronger construction than a Lucas said that yeah, a triangle is a stronger construction than a square. square. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's the strongest in nature, isn't it? It's the strongest. Uh, yeah. yeah, that's what they say apparently. Yeah. yeah. Well, in bands, it's the same. <laughs> yeah, <power laughs> I don't know. I don't know about that. I've met some some sort of triangles in bands that have been terrible. But yeah, you know, yeah, we'll, we'll move on from that. I won't name any names. No, I tell you what. You tell me. You tell me the worst place you've ever played, and I'll tell you. Uh, I'll, I'll tell you some names. Go on. Let's let's dish the dirt. Let's dish the dirt with the wolf. <laughs> yeah, you want to do that? <laughs> oh, I'm almost up for dishing the dirt, man. Yeah, I'm, yeah, yeah. I think what's the worst place we played? It's Angoulême. <laughs> yeah, it's in France. Angoulême. I know, I know it very well. Yeah, it's not that far from where I'm living. Yeah, Angoulême. Yeah, it's about now. Yeah, we we did it. We did a show there, and I think we 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 went inside, and people didn't know. Like the people that worked there didn't know there, there was going to be a band playing that night, uh, and we were treated like like such. Yeah, yeah. there were like three people in the audience. If, if, if the if the venue didn't even know we were playing, the people from Angoulême really didn't know we were playing. So there were a lot of people. So it wasn't uh, not fun uh, because of the Angoulême people. It was it wasn't any fun because of a lack of Angoulême people. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And then we, after the show, uh, they, they they arranged uh, a sleeping accommodation for us, which was the crappiest band apartment we've ever seen on top of the venue, like upstairs. Just used toilet paper in the hallway, you know, and, and the yeah. beds were really crispy and crunchy. <laughs> nice. And there was a, a substance in the shower that we thought, oh, we can we can be near this. So I think was breathing. I think was breathing. <laughs> I th I think we slept for two hours and then we drove to the next city and and booked a, a hotel there. <laughs> yeah, that was terrible. Very wise. Yeah, very wise. I had a similar experience myself once playing in a place in uh, in Worcester, 
And uh, the guy was like really enthusiastic about it before we got there. And he was like, yeah, you guys are going to love it. It's a great venue. Uh, come on down. You know, we've got loads of people coming. So we went all the way down there. We, you know, same thing again, like three people turned up. It was just really shit gig. Uh, and then he, and he said, yeah, you guys can stay over. I've got accommodation all sorted out for you. But it was actually upstairs above the stage. It was just like one room with uh, a couple of sofas. And it was a six-piece band I was playing in at the time. So it was like, where are we going to sleep? We ended, all ended up kind of like bedding down on the floor. But at, at, at uh, I think at like 4 a.m., the cleaners came in with the floor polisher. And it was like really, just really noisy. And it was just like, oh, it was, it was shit from oh, start to finish. Oh, they were the days. Gigs. I do miss them so much. really do. Yeah, we miss them. <laughs> yeah. So that's 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 your worst gig. What's what's been your favorite gig so far? What's your favorite venue? And where's your favorite? Uh, there are a lot of favorite gigs. Um, oh yeah, the, the, we did a show in Madrid. Uh, not the, the last one. The last one was also really cool. But the one before that, I think there was somebody crying in the audience uh, of how cool he thought the show was, and there was just this this energy. Uh, everywhere and everybody felt it and we felt it and the audience felt it and musically stuff happened that never happened before uh and uh yeah it was it was a, a, an outer other dimensional experience <laughs> it's just great i love it when i i love it when that happens um what, what about future is there any way you guys really want to play that you haven't kind of uh, conquered yet uh yeah the uk Really? I mean, we we've played some shows in uh, in London, but uh, those were mainly just showcase kind of gigs. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, and we really had a tour planned in in 2020. We wanted to go to the UK, but that got cancelled, of course. So yeah. So we're hoping that, well, maybe by the end of this year. Oh. So uh, <laughs> maybe not. What What about Brexit? Is that going to affect oh, things for you yeah. guys? Well, that that's going to make things a lot more complicated than it was, I think, for bands touring yes. the UK I think and so. the other way around, of course. So I'm really right. curious yep. how that will uh, wor work out. Mm. Uh, and we want to go to the United States as well. We've been there to record in 2014. Yeah. But we, we've never did an actual tour through the United States. So that's... Uh, on our bucket list and hopefully we can do this uh you know maybe by the end of this year or next year early next year hopefully but we'll see i did a couple you of know. tours in the states uh a while back to, uh, 2000 i think 1999 and 2000 and uh the thing that uh that got me the most was just how big the place was touring driving from city to city you know over over here in in uk especially but in europe as well you can drive four or five hours and get to the next city. Sometimes yeah. over there we were driving eight, nine, twelve hours. It was like ridiculous. The, just the, the huge size of it. That's what I remember the most Whoa. about touring in the you States. You can write a lot of songs in 12 hours. <laughs> yeah, or sleep a lot, <laughs> which is what I did mostly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, wow. it's crazy. Well, Pablo has been to the United States a couple of times for just, you know, visiting and uh the stories he tells it's like mind-blowing because you know I, I it can be such a beautiful country you know it's a weird country as well but it can be so beautiful and uh i'm really look, look hoping that we're th that we're going on tour there someday i've got a question that i always ask i usually kind of wrap these things up with this question it's it's quite a uh 
it's quite an in-depth question, so there's, there's, uh, I'll explain it to you. Um, I want you to imagine, if you can, uh, we're, we're living in the future. The world is a happy place now. We have a world president who keeps everything nice and, 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 and everybody happy. Uh, unfortunately, though, we get the news that um, there's a huge meteorite coming towards us. It's the, it's the size of, like, Pluto. It's going to completely obliterate planet Earth. And it's arriving in three days. Uh, the world president gets on the phone to you guys, and he says, DeWolf, he says, I need you guys to come and play the biggest party the world has ever seen so we can go out on a, on a huge party. We're, we're going to have this big party. Everybody enjoying themselves. We're going to have great music. We want you guys to play. Um, so the question is, what song are you going to play for that party? And he says you can have guest musicians as well. So if you want to have some guest musicians, who would you have come and play with you? I think Treasure City Moonchild from our new record, because that's kind of like a party song. Everybody can go to Treasure City Moonchild. <laughs> and we'd ask Chris Robinson on vocals, but also Rod Stewart. Wait, wow. Yeah, he's going to be old by then, but yeah, okay, yeah. Yeah, it doesn't matter. The, he, he, he might have some probably, robot parts to keep, him, keep him alive, but he'll be all right, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, we have to wake him from some kind of deep, frozen sleep. Yeah, his head, uh, his head will probably be frozen, and I have to wake it up and put it on a robot body so he can just come on and sing for the last... <laughs> yeah. yeah, like, this, like uh, this thing in Toy Story. Yeah, yeah. I can see um, Rod Stewart doing that. Yeah, I really can, yeah. yeah. And uh, we'll ask... Um, who are we going to ask on uh, on guitar? Jimmy Page. Oh, and we'll ask Robert, Robert Plant too. And uh, what drummer are we going to ask? I want to play the drums. Oh, I was thinking we can <laughs> we can put uh, together this whole uh, new band and then we can not play and party. Oh. Now, you see, you guys, that I, I'm really impressed by that answer because this is what I ask this question every time on the Blues Podcast. And everybody always comes up with this really great band. And I always say to them, if I had that band on stage, I would just go and sit down and watch that band. Because I'd be, I wouldn't yeah. want to be playing. I'd be want to watch. And then you guys have come up with it. That's genius. I think that's brilliant. You're the first people to come up with that idea. And I salute you for it. Well done. Yeah. <laughs> Woo. Yeah. Dude, imagine being paid in, in like uh, supercars. And then just like an hour before the meteorite's going to strike, you can drive like to grand canyon and and drive the supercar of a cliff and that's how you're gonna go whilst playing a guitar solo i hope standing up in, <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. mad yeah. max style yeah <laughs> i like it well i think you guys have absolutely nailed that one i think you're the world president's gonna be very happy with that and, and planet earth is gonna go out on 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 a, on a high totally for that that sounds absolutely brilliant yeah Sure. Uh, have you got any last words for the fans out there? Any words of wisdom or cautionary tales? Well, um, I would say um, stay safe. And we really hope to uh, to uh, visit the UK soon and uh, play your lovely cities and, and venues. And I think, yeah, and if you're losing your mind right now over the COVID thing, I think our uh, new album Wolfpack provides a perfect uh, remedy. <laughs> Never, never miss an opportunity to plug the album, right? Yeah. <laughs> there you go, kids. You heard it here first. And yeah. it's only 20 euros in our web shop, www. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, guys, it's been absolutely fantastic talking to you this afternoon. I'm wishing you lots and lots of luck and success uh, on the road and on record for the for the future years coming. And I'm so looking forward to that last gig of Planet Earth. Really am. It's going to be fantastic. <laughs> we too. Yeah, see you Steve there. Wolf, thank you, guys. Thanks a lot. All right. Bye. So if you've enjoyed this, why not like and subscribe to the Blues Podcast right now? All right. <laughs>